Well, good morning. Good morning. Let me add to Scott's welcome. It's great to have you with us. Good morning, Yarram and Locksport. Great to have you with us this morning. It's beautiful. December morning. Fantastic. Good morning to all the kids. Any kids in the room this morning? Being very quiet. Yep. Thanks, Michael. Just a little pre-warning, kids. We're going to do a little game in a minute, in the middle of my message, and you'll, your grown-up will need you if they want to win. If they don't want to win... They might, need, they might need help. Um, we've just come off the back of 24-7 prayer, which is really cool. So there was people praying all from... You might not be aware of this, but people were praying from 9 o'clock yesterday all the way through till 9 a.m. this morning in our prayer room. So, um, And we'll be doing more prayer events, no doubt, uh, in the new year. So make sure you keep your eyes peeled and ears peeled for when those opportunities are, because uh, that'll be fantastic. But this morning, we're going to talk a bit about the Christmas story. Uh, it's Christmas time, preacher's favourite time of the year, I don't know about that. Um, it's the same story, uh, but we find different ways to, to think about different things. And so this morning, and for the next um, two services after, so next week we've got Christmas Eve, which is a Sunday at 10 o'clock, and then we've got Christmas Day at 930 and so for the, t- this morning in those two services, we're going to look at the three gifts that the wise men brought, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, and we're going to look at this story in Matthew chapter 2. So I'm going to read it to you, and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what we're going to look at for the next three weeks. Next three weeks? Next three services. That's confusing. Next week. Really, we're doing three services in a week. Anyway, Matthew 2, here we go, 1 to 12. It says this, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born King of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and the scribes of the people and asked them where the Messiah would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this was what was written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way, and there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to his knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they return to their own country by another route. So God, we thank you for your word this morning and for this Christmas season and for the chance we have to celebrate and think about Jesus and all that he is and all that he means. And God, we pray that you would help us to worship him like these wise men, to bow down before him and and to give him all that we have. 
Uh, God, we, we thank you for just, just your word this morning. We pray that you would help us to hear your voice so clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. What do you normally get a baby um, if someone's having a child? I know that we've had three and we've had different gifts given to us. Um, never have we had gold. Tisk 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 all friends and family. You should have given us gold. Frankincense or myrrh, and not have any of those gifts. Um, normally, what would you get? You would get... Um, I mean, really, the, the, the person that's being born is, has zero possessions. They've literally never been to this world before, and then they're here, and so you've got to give them, like, here's the most important things. And what's the most important things that we normally give a baby? Like nappies, <laughs> some clothes, that's in, teddies, yeah, that's pretty important, yeah. But the wise men come to see baby Jesus and they bring gold, frankincense and myrrh. Got a little joke about it. This, is, this will tickle your ears maybe. The wise men came to the manger with gifts for baby Jesus. They brought gold, frankincense, but wait, there's myrrh. Oh, that's terrible, isn't it? It's terrible. And then maybe this one, maybe after the wise men left, the wiser women came and brought some nappies Fresh cooked meals and some onesies. Because really, what about these gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Like, what are they about? And why would these wise men bring a baby these gifts? What's the baby going to do with gold apart from choke on it? Or um, myrrh, like, and frankincense. These are like incense and oils, um, fragrances that... I don't know if you've seen little kids around little bottles of things with liquid in it, like there, you want to screw that lid on nice and tight. You don't want to give them that, uh, especially a bottle of perfume to a baby and say, here, <laughs> have a go at this. You know, everything goes straight to the mouth. Um, it, it doesn't seem like a, a good gift. And so we're going to look at these three gifts and we're going to look this morning at gold and what these represent and why these wise men may have given them um, or why God would prompt these wise men to come and worship and, and record these three gifts. Because I'm sure the wise men at the time would not have known the significance of what they were giving, of why that these gifts would, or what they would symbolize. And so we're going to look at this story and look at these three gifts this morning. So Jesus is born in, Beth, in Bethlehem in verses 1 and 2, um, in the days of King Herod, and immediately he has influence. I don't know if there's ever been a baby born throughout history that has demanded such attention um, that immediately he has influence and power, even as an infant. You know, infants are unable, they're incapable, they, they, they can't do anything, but yet um, babies that are born are incredibly influential. They're powerful. They're able to ca cause a stir, a buzz. Um, they're able to bring people from far distances and, uh, and bring about gifts and bring about conversation. Um, I know that was true when, when our children were born. It's it sort of, they have influence to bring people together. But Jesus had this on a whole nother level. I've never had wise men or people from far other countries travel that I didn't know to come and say, oh, I heard that Harrison was born. Let me come and bring you gifts. No, these... This was a completely different birth. These wise men from the east were probably astronomers. Uh, they probably weren't kings, although we sing 
you know, the song We Three Kings, it's not really probably accurate. And they probably arrived months after the birth of Jesus. They probably weren't there, um, and probably Mary was thankful, they probably weren't there on the first week um, of the birth, but they came a few months after. And they asked this question, where is he king of the Jews? And this is like an amazing statement, an amazing question just to ask in and of itself because Jews were despised, they were sort of rejected, they were dishonoured. And here are the wise men asking for a king of these Jewish people who is a baby. Where is this king of these Jewish people? Normally babies are born into royalty. Uh, Sorry, normally babies born into royalty are princes, not kings. It's pretty rare that you would have a baby born instantly as a king. Maybe he's born in as a prince, born into royalty. But not this baby, born right from the beginning. There was something about this Jesus. And King Herod hears about this, and he is upset. He's really upset because he's a king also. He doesn't want another king in his kingdom. What do you mean there's another king? And kings have influence. And I always find this verse in Matthew 2, verse 3, is just so... Uh, incredible where it says, King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. Kings have influence. There is someone, um, you know, the, the idea that he's upset and then all of Jerusalem follow his lead. Follow his lead. Kings have incredible influence and we all have kings in our life. And this is what I want you to see this morning, is that we all have kings in our life. We all have people, things in our life that are incredibly influential over us. And my prayer and hope is that this Christmas it would be Jesus, that he would be your king and not someone or something else. Because there is someone in our life who has authority, who has influence over our decision-making, over our feelings, over our entire life. And if it's not Jesus, it could be anything else. It could be our kids, it could be our spouse, it could be our work, it could be our possessions, it could even be ourselves. And these things are good, but um, they are not meant to be kings. Herod the Great, some people called him King Herod, was about to meet the greatest, the king of all kings. And so then um, he, says, he sees the wise men coming, if we skip a few verses, and says, all right, wise men, go find this baby, because I want to go worship him too. And if you know the story and think in Luke chapter 2, it's pretty clear that King Herod was not about to go worship King Jesus. Or if he was, his worship was not the kind of worship that we know. He was going to try to kill Jesus. In fact, he sent out a a decree to kill all the boys under the age of two uh, in the land when he heard that Jesus was born. There cannot be two kings. One king will endeavour to destroy the other, to rule the other. And King Herod wanted to find and kill Jesus because he wanted to be the king. So they follow this star. Um, They hear King Herod's... I'm sure they were slightly confused. King Herod, you want to worship? Okay, that's all right. We'll go follow the star. They find uh, where he was born. And look at this verse. And when they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Overwhelmed with joy. Maybe because they'd been on such a long journey that they thought, we're finally here. I don't know if you've ever been like that. You've been on a long road trip or a long trip somewhere, and you finally get there, you're just overwhelmed with joy because you've finished the trip, finished the journey. Uh, you're just, you're there, 
Uh, and maybe that's a part of the wise men, why they're filled with joy. But I imagine that there was some, some other reason that actually they were filled with joy because of, they were about to experience, they were about to encounter this King of the Jews, this Jesus, this Messiah. Probably because of who they were about to encounter. And just the idea, just the idea of who they were about to meet filled them with joy. I love this idea. That the anticipation of meeting the king filled them with joy. Have you ever had this experience where you're anticipating something, there's something that you know is coming up, and just the idea of it fills you with joy? Kids, when Christmas is tomorrow, when it's Christmas Eve, just the idea that Christmas is tomorrow fills, fills you with joy. And I want you to, to take that lesson and see that the idea of encountering Jesus should fill you with that joy, that anticipation. I get to meet with the King of Kings, the Lord of all lords, the creator of the universe. Like I get to encounter him. Let that fill you with joy. Let that feeling teach you something about how it is to approach Jesus. The greatest joy, the greatest excitement, the greatest anticipation, meeting with Jesus. And then we get to verse 11, and this is where we're going to land for a little while. The gifts that they bring, entering the house, they saw the child with his uh, mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So this first one, gold, um, really symbolizes, symbolic of what you would give a king. What you would give a king. Expensive and rare most notably for a king and for royalty. And so what we're going to do right now is we're going to play a little game called Name That King. And you can just partner up with the person next to you, make a little three. It's a very, uh, there's no prizes. No one's keeping score. It's an honor, honesty system of how many you get right, all right? There's up to 10. Name That King. All right, so the first one is hopefully easy. Name That King. The first one is this. All right, so... We're looking for the, you got your answer locked in. I'm going to tell you the answer straight away so you know if you got it right or wrong. This is, of course, the Lion King. All right, second one. Okay, maybe, maybe. they're going to get a bit harder as we go along. This is, of course, if you know it, shout it out. King Kong. Thank you. All right, the next one. Okay, don't say it straight away. Let everyone figure out their answer first. Everyone's going to be like, I got that one. I heard everybody say it. All right, the next one. Don't shout it out yet. Just yet. Have a little think about it first. Talk to you about your partner. Do you know that one? Of course, it. Nat King Cole. All right, the next one. Okay, Martin Luther King. All right, very good. All right. Maybe this one is going to be a bit trickier. Maybe... You Ooh, what's his name? Okay, uh, don't shout it out yet. Just, just talk about it. If anyone gets all ten, I'll be very impressed. Okay, who's that one? King Triton. All right, what's this next one? Oh, do you know that one? Okay, you might need a ch you might need a child to tell you who that one is. I heard it over here. Yep, King Candy. Oh, yeah, of course. Bit of an evil king, that one. All right, next one. Okay, don't shout it out. 
Bit of blues fans, anyone? No? BB King. Okay. Next one. Sure. Oh, oh, damn. Do you know who that one is? I'll give you a hint. He's got King in his name. First name, Stephen King. He's an author. And the last one, this, he, this one's a bit, bit of a trick one. He doesn't actually have the name, well, a bit of a narcissistic king because he calls himself the king. Anybody know this one? LeBron King James. All right. Add up, how many did you get? Anyone get all ten? No, nine. We got nine over here. Well done. Any eights? Yeah, a few eights. Any sevens? Sixes, all right, and the rest of you, well done for participating. Uh, the wise men, though, they brought gifts to a king, not like any of these kings that we've seen, a king like no other king, a king born in a manger, a king of all kings, a lord of all lords, a king like no other. In 1 Timothy 6, verse 15, it says this, God will bring about... In, in his own time, he is blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The Jews expected a king that would come and be born in a palace, surrounded by wealth and prestige and honor, power, comfort, luxury, to rule from on high, to rule with power, to rule with authority, to subdue people and make people bow down. But he was not a king like this. He was instead born in Bethlehem in a manger amongst animals where no one would expect a king to be born. He was not like a king you and I had, have ever known or understood. We can look at these kings and we can sort of get, is Jesus like one of these kings? No, he's not like one of these kings. He is completely different. No one expected the king to be born in poverty amongst farm animals. They didn't expect a king to be the saviour of the world. No one predicted that the Son of God, this king, would befriend the people that he befriended. Prostitutes, tax collectors, sinners. Those that religion would reject, this king came to befriend. This king came to know and to love. He is a king like no other king. They never imagined that he would choose uneducated fishermen, tax collectors who were despised and rebellious troublemakers as his own disciples. He's not like a king that you can imagine. That he would forgive uh, a woman caught in adultery, that he would show grace upon grace to people that he encountered. And at the same time, he would confront the Pharisees, confront those uh, who were hypocritical. He would overturn the tables uh, that were misusing the temple prophet. They would never imagine that this king of the Jews would ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. And the ones cheering for him were the outcasts, the immoral, the rejected. No one would imagine this king would stand trial and be found to be put to death on a cross for crimes he didn't commit. This innocent king, beaten, bruised, whipped, 
stripped and hung on a cross like a slave, like a criminal. This king is like no other king that you've ever thought of or imagined or seen before. And this is the king that the wise men came and brought gold to. He is a king of all kings. And this morning we have an opportunity to respond to the king. Some of the responses that we see in Scripture are like King Herod, who opposed the king, tried to have him killed. I don't need this Jesus. I don't need another king. I'm happy being in control of my own life. I'm happy being controlled of my own kingdom. I don't need a king. I'm a king already. I will oppose this Jesus. I will reject him and oppose him. The second response you might have is you might dismiss him. And the Jewish, Jewish rulers dismissed him. They were just indifferent towards him. So close, some five miles from Bethlehem, but happily playing their religious lives and dismissing, this is not the king of the Jews. This is not the king that we've been waiting for. They used the religion to make themselves feel better. They used it to suit them. They were just a bit, not for me, not yet, or not fully. They were just dismissive of the king. Or you could be like the wise men and worship the king. Bow down and worship the king to see Jesus as the ultimate king, a king like no other, bringing all they had. Can you imagine these wise men, these dignified wise men from the east coming and bowing down before a baby, bringing out these treasures and worshipping a child? What a sight to behold. And I think that's what God is calling us to this Christmas, is to not just worship when it suits or use Christianity to suit your life and make it fit however you want it to fit, but to be like the wise men and bow down and worship with all that you have. You know, as I was reading about these, this story, uh, what became clear is that the gifts that the wise men brought were relevant to who they were. They brought the, the treasures that they had They brought the things that they owned, that they were in possession of. And so God is not asking you this Christmas to go and um, go gold mining or find out where frankincense comes from or go get some gum resin, some myrrh off, off some trees. He's asking you to bring what do you have? What's your treasure? What do you have that you hold close to you that's most valuable to you? To you? And how are you going to bring that before the king of all kings? What is your ability? What is your resource? What is your experience? These things can inform the gift that you bring to Jesus. He wants you, who you are and what you have. He doesn't want just your gifts, but he wants your full worship. You know, this idea of falling to their knees and worshipping him in in verse 11, uh, that word worship, The the image behind that word is like a a dog licking its master's hand. I don't know if you own a dog or if you've been around a dog before, but uh, we have a a German shepherd at home and every night when I go out to feed feed Georgia, our dog, she'll come up and start licking my hand. Like, I will do whatever you have. Just give me the food. I will do whatever you want me to do. 
she's worshipping me in that moment, completely ready for me to say, sit, jump. Well, she probably can't jump. She's too old, but she would try. She, she was completely attentive to my words and who I am and, and what I'm doing. And this is the idea of worship, that we would come before God, God, whatever you want, I'm completely attentive to you. I'm completely ready to do what you call me to. At your beck and call, ready to please the master. Jesus isn't interested in just a once-off gift once a year. You know, like we might do for some relatives this Christmas. We might go, oh yeah, that's right, I've got to buy so-and-so a gift. I'll see him once a year and I'll give him a gift every time I see him. God's not interested in that sort of gift. He's not interested in that sort of worship. He's interested in your full worship, your full attention, a life submitted without any other king in competition, the king of all kings. And this Christmas, he wants to be your king. But he doesn't come as a king to make you submit by force. He doesn't come with an army. Instead, he comes in humility, as a baby, to invite you in. And he's not just a king, and we're going to see more of that next weekend, what the frankincense and the myrrh represent, that he's more than a king, but he's not less. And he invites you in to worship him as king, to submit your life to him. And we invite you to stand, and we're going to pray together as the team come back up. And this morning, I want you to just take a moment during these uh, during this song and as we worship, just to humble your heart again and come before him as king. And then James is going to come and lead us in communion. Lord Jesus, King Jesus, we come before you this morning, recognizing that you are the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords. And God, we want to come before you this morning, not with a once a year type gift, but we want to come with a life submitted to you. To bow down before you and to worship you with all that we have and all that we are. And God, we thank you that you invite us in. You don't rule by force, but you rule by love. You rule with grace. So God, maybe this morning we're feeling distant from you in worshipping another king, submitting ourselves to other rulers. And God, this morning we choose to, to turn around and submit to you instead. Help us to do that. Help us to see you in all your goodness and all your glory. Lord God, we love you so much. Worship you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship.